Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Hello and welcome to Headline Buster, brought to you by The Point. I'm Li Xin. In this series, I dissect stories that are making headlines around the world and talk to my guests to make up for the missing, some deliberately, pieces of the puzzle. I have a question for you today. Is the global West getting the hump? It appears that the international network of U.S. allies, which can loosely be called the Global West, is getting increasingly twitchy. Western commentators in mainstream media outlets always get hot and bothered every time a foreign leader goes to Beijing. For traditional Chinese partners such as Tanzania, Pakistan and Vietnam, that same narrative had been going on for years, if not decades. It's already an old chestnut. But the recent visit of German Chancellor Olaf Scholz definitely caught my attention. EU officials in their majority were up in arms over what they consider an attempt by Berlin to go solo in engaging China. Is there a glitch in the EU matrix? Before we jump in, let me remind you what happened in the last 10 days. First, General Secretary of the Vietnamese Communist Party, Nguyen Phu Trong, made an official visit from October the 30th to November the 2nd. Then, Pakistani Prime Minister Shehbaz Sharif made a two-day official visit on November the 1st. It was his first foreign visit after assuming office. And then from November the 2nd to the 4th, Tanzanian President Samia Suluhu Hassan visited China. But the cherry on top of the cake was German Chancellor's trip to China on November the 4th with an impressive delegation of CEOs from 12 companies, including Volkswagen, Deutsche Bank, Siemens, BASF and Merck. It was the first visit by a G7 leader in almost three years. In an op-ed on political, Schultz explained why he flew to China. Even in changed circumstances, he said, China remains an important business and trading partner for Germany and Europe. We don't want to decouple from it. It sounds refreshing, given that some devil-may-care Western politicians have been floating the idea of decoupling from China for quite some time. So I see Schultz's reassurances, the voice of reason, courageously telling a simple home truth. The West needs China and vice versa. Germany is the fourth largest economy in the world, the largest in Europe. Since previous leader Angela Merkel, both sides have reaped tremendous benefits from their pragmatic approach. Here are just some undeniable facts. Over the past five decades, bilateral trade have grown by almost, guess, a thousand times. Germany is one of China's biggest trading partners in the EU and China has been Germany's top trading partner for six consecutive years. We share a lot of uh, complementarity in high-tech manufacturing and uh, heavy industries. And in the first nine months of this year, foreign direct investment from Germany jumped by over 100%. As Chinese President Xi Jinping said to Schultz, the two sides should make the pie of common interests still bigger. Just look at the chemical giant BASF, whose uh, CEO Martin Müller was part of Schultz's delegation. A company made its highest ever sales of around 12 billion euros in Greater China last year. That's 40% up year on year. 
Bruder Mueller said BASF has benefited from China's policy of widening market access. And China signed an agreement during Schultz's visit to buy 140 Airbus aircraft. That's worth some 17 billion US dollars. And that is only the tip of the iceberg. But this one-day trip to Beijing was not just about big bucks. The conflict in Ukraine and the risk of a nuclear Armageddon was also discussed. During his meeting with Scholz, Chinese President Xi Jinping declared the international community should oppose the threat or use of nuclear weapons, advocate that uh, nuclear weapons cannot be used and that nuclear wars must not be fought and prevent a nuclear crisis in Eurasia. Back in Germany, Schultz told his critics that because the Chinese government, the president and I were able to declare that no nuclear weapons should be used in this war, that alone made the whole trip worthwhile. Doesn't this message add uh, extra significance to Schultz's trip? The German chancellor must have thought long and hard before going to China. Germany is an ally of the United States, but Schultz has seen for himself the damage that has been caused by the zero-sum mentality in the West that really brought home to him the scale of the disaster. Germany is a manufacturing powerhouse that relies heavily on exports, so decoupling from China would be stupid if not suicidal. Don't forget the EU, and Germany in particular, is engulfed in a perfect storm of inflation, energy shortages with risks of economic recession and social instability. So the ball is obviously on Schultz's court. Now, how exactly were these visits covered by the media? Why some commentators reacted to the side of Western leaders engaging Beijing like a bull to red rag? Well, it's a rhetorical question, isn't it? These media are more often than not looking at the story from a perspective of a zero-sum mentality. You are either with us or against us. If you cozy up to China, it's because you have an ulterior motive or a hidden agenda, right? Chancellor Schultz's visit to China is a case in point with the same old knee-jerk reaction. The West has worries over Germany's dependency on China, as this headline from Reuters spells out. It says, worries over Germany's China dependency overshadow Schultz's trip. Who's worried? The article is ambiguously suggesting that Germany is Washington's poodle and at the U.S. State Department's beck and call. See for yourself. The article says his trip comes at a time of growing concern in the West, particularly in Germany's top security ally, the United States, about China's trade practices, human rights record and territorial ambitions, unquote. If I get it right, the article suggests that by going east, Germany is out of line and might get the short end of the stick. And it goes on. The visit comes amid worry at home about Germany's dependence on another increasingly assertive authoritarian state given the ongoing fallout of its over-reliance on Russian energy. Look, first of all, the idea that Germany will be over-reliant on another increasingly assertive authoritarian state is just a straw man argument. Germany is entitled to its own decision based on its national interests and doesn't have to take its cue from an increasingly remote and squishy U.S. administration. Secondly, given the current circumstances in Europe in general, who could blame Schultz for shaking up the status quo with a tint of pragmatism and common sense? And it gets worse. 
Thorsten Benner, co-founder and director of the Global Public Policy Institute in Berlin, has no qualms about saying that Schultz has a China problem in an article published by Foreign Policy. It reads, Germany's chancellor has insisted on, on an investment deal with China in contradiction to his own government strategy. Benner was referring to a deal late October, a week before Schultz's China trip. Schultz gave the green light to China Ocean Shipping Company to buy a stake in a terminal at Germany's main port of Hamburg. The port was lagging behind compared to other European counterparts, which has implications for the city and beyond. When Costco comes with the money and the confidence to turn things around, what's not to like? Plus, it was a 24.9% stake. Is that a problem? Given the experience of how Chinese investment transformed the Piraeus port in Greece, I would say China is part of the solution. More ironically, Benner refers to the catastrophic failure of Germany's Russia policy to warn against closer economic ties with China. He says a tectonic shift is underway in Germany, breaking with, German gem with former German Chancellor Angela Merkel's approach of betting on ever closer economic relations with Beijing. The catastrophic failure of Germany's Russia policy has accelerated the shift and there is now an emerging consensus that Germany needs to reduce its dependency on China. For me, the whole idea of dependency is a pretense. We ultimately depend on each other for survival and prosperity. To, to engage with China, an economic powerhouse, is not dependency, but sheer common sense. The real tectonic shift, many would also argue, is that more countries are seeing how unreliable the US has become. According to Benner's logic, if Germany were to reduce its dependency on China, whom should it turn to? The United States? Isn't the US creating a problem by selling oil at a higher price? Hasn't the euro lost considerable ground on a stronger dollar since the beginning of this year? Aren't European businesses relocating to the United States as a result of all these? Who is really the problem here? Yes, apparently, even CNN recognizes that Germany needs China. In a recent report, CNN declares Germany's leader and top CEOs have arrived in Beijing. They need China more than ever. It says Germany is hardly in a position to rock the boat with Beijing as it grapples with the challenge of reviving its struggling economy. Its consumers and companies have borne the brunt of Europe's energy crisis and a deep recession is looming. Well, that's stating the obvious. Germany, just like other EU states, cannot do without China, and the reverse is true. Fact one. Decoupling would be pointless and harmful. Fact two. Schultz and the overwhelming majority of leaders are perfectly aware of that. The CNN report goes on. If the European Union and Germany were to decouple from China, it would lead to large GDP losses from the German economy, says an economist. I would take the question a step further. If the U.S. were to decouple from China, what would happen to its GDP and to the world as a whole? Does the U.S. not need China? A personal message to CNN, do a piece on that. My last sample, an article from the Lowy Institute, which compares a country's convening power to a sport. The title goes, if leadership diplomacy was an Olympic sport, Beijing beats Washington to the gold medal. 
True, China has devoted significant attention to boosting its international convening power. It achieves this, however, through development opportunities and by setting examples. Read my lips. The key word here is cooperation. Cooperation, cooperation. And delivering concrete benefits through cooperation is too serious to be considered a sport. The lives of literally billions of people are at stake in the developing world. China is not playing us against them in a zero-sum game, contrary to what the title may suggest. The article acknowledges that Beijing's engagement with the developing world is a key element of its response to Joe Biden's attempt to build economic blocks, supply chains and other multilateral groupings that contest Chinese influence. If world leaders willingly make the trip to China, isn't it because the world has had enough of U.S. hegemony, Cold War mentality and bullying tactics? It worked in the past, but a word to the wise, this line of reasoning will get you nowhere nowadays. After looking at these articles, one thing comes to my mind. They conjure up images of Shakespeare's green-eyed monster in the play Othello. He was, of course, referring to jealousy and fear of losing out. As China opens up its market further and engages ever more closely with the world, this green-eyed monster appears to eat away at the global West. How long will it take before everybody genuinely joins in to build a community of shared future? That's what I will ask my guests right after this. Making room for all opinions and seeing events from more than one side. This is The Point. Welcome back to Headline Buster. So what's eating the global West after a handful of world leaders visited China following the 20th National Congress of the CPC? Is the Shakespearean green-eyed monster rearing its ugly head or is it just the typical knee-jerk response to perceived threats from China? And what does it tell us about the current sorry state of the U.S. and its allies? Today, I'm pleased to be joined by David Ferguson, editor at the Foreign Language Press, Victor Gao, chair professor with Suzhou University, and Frank Zirin, German journalist and author. Gentlemen, welcome to The Point. Uh, you're all joining us from Beijing. Frank, let me go to you. It's been such a long time that you are here on the show. So let me ask you a very straightforward question. Why did Schultz's visit to China create such an outcry among some media? As we all know, Angela Merkel, the former German chancellor, visited China 12 times during her time in office. And that's according to uh, Lower Institute tally. That number, 12 times, I mean, is more than any EU leader. So why the furore? Let me give you a very straightforward answer as well, because the world looks completely different compared to the time when Merkel was uh, still a chancellor. We have a huge, big war in Europe. Uh, Germany has a quite high in inflation, 10%, uh, döner kebab, which, which is a very, very uh, common Turkish uh, dish in Germany, costs 10 euros already. So the people are worried. Um, the people suddenly feel the dependence of other countries uh, more clearly than it were ever before. They feel the dependence of uh, Russian oil and gas, and they feel that they are dependent from products from China, and so the people have not the impression right now that China and Germany are only partners. And I think it's a bit oversimplistic to only describe them as partners. They are partners, they are competitors, 
and they are rivals uh, on a political system at the same time. We get the gist of your ideas. Let me turn to Mr. Um, Gao here. How has Schultz's visit been received here and how has the kind of uh, uh, furore to his visit to China perceived here? His uh, visit to China is actually long overdue. And uh, uh, the fact that he came uh, was a great news. And the meetings with the Chinese leaders and the many deals signed and announced during the trip were very encouraging, both for China as well as for Germany. Uh, you mentioned the uproar about uh, Chancellor Scholz's visit to China. I think this is really much ado about nothing. I think a German chancellor has uh, the complete discretion to make a decision where to visit, for example, and uh, visiting China makes all the logical sense and I don't think a great country like Germany should be really held hostage by any other country in the world. And I think the fact that China and Germany really cooperate so much in economic and trade and investment terms should be viewed as a very positive thing, not only both for China and uh, Germany, but also for China and Europe at large. So I simply cannot understand why those people oppose Chancellor Schultz's visit to China. Now, the uh, previous guest, whom I highly respect, uh, mentioned uh, uh, China and Germany having some problem with uh, uh, political rivalry, for example. I simply cannot agree. What do China and Germany uh, compete with each other in terms of political values? These two countries are different, but the difference between China and Germany should not be the dividing thing, uh, pulling us apart difference and diversity should be strengths mm. and it should enrich both China and Germany rather than, for example, uh, allowing any party to get to the jungle of the other side. I would say 1,000 years from today, China and Germany should still be very different. But that makes all of us happier rather than, for example, it makes us very unhappy. All right. Let me, uh, we try to get uh, Frank's reaction in just a moment, but let me turn to our third guest, uh, David Ferguson. Um, I came across this article, the November 4th edition of the Daily Telegraph, uh, where British commentator Ambrose Evans Pritchard wrote that Germany must pick between the West and China. It cannot have it both ways. He says in the article, Mr. Schultz now calculates that Germany can secure Chinese markets and economic cooperation on preferential terms by kowtowing to every political demand while still reaping all the benefit of the Western Democratic Club. Uh, David, what do you think of this snide remark? Is it really nothing or all in international relations? Is it what uh, former U.S. Uh, President George W. Bush said you're either with us or against us. First point up front, it's interesting how you frame the question, because the article you're referring to was written by a British journalist in a British newspaper, The Telegraph, and you read the headline, uh, Germany must pick between the West and China. It cannot have it both ways. Now, the fact of the matter is Germany's relationship with China is none of Mr. Pritchard's business and it's none of Britain's business. And as I say, we've got a British journalist and a British newspaper, but it's a case of his master's voice. That message is coming straight from the forces that rule in the USA. 
And it's a fact that the British establishment, the body politic, the, um, the British media are now marching in lockstep with uh, America's neocons and their 21st century project. And Britain no longer really has any kind of independent foreign policy. Second aspect that's interesting is that until recently, it was only poor and weak and underdeveloped and defenseless countries that were ordered by the USA to do as you're told or else. But gloves have now been cast off and the mask has been cast aside and it's clear that the US now appropriates to itself the right to order anybody in the planet. Uh, Frank, let me get back to you. I hope you can hear me right now. Uh, some say China yes. has become more diplomatically assertive and commercially aggressive in the last decade. Others say that the global West has lost its position, has lost the plot and its dominance in uh, competing with, uh, with other ideas, other models, other economies. Uh, in 2019, the EU called China a systemic rival, which you alluded to just now. So will China be the bone of contention in the future among the EU, among all the towing and throwing? Uh, what do you expect in the coming months? I expect uh, that um, every country, every part of the world has its own strategy. And actually, China uh, would also like to become more independent uh, from the West uh, in um, putting more um, strength into the um, uh, inner consumption. Um, and that's actually, uh, from a China point of view, that's a smart strategy or doing more export business in Asia and uh, rely less on, on the West. And um, Europe and, and America, are they going to do the same? They want, everyone wants to be the least uh, dependent as possible. But on the other side, the modern economy only works if we work together. So we need to find a balance. But the idea can't be to say we are not uh, dependent uh, from each other, or if we are dependent, it doesn't really matter. It matters and it's very complicated. Victor, time is very limited. I'm going to go to you for this question because we have seen in recent years a rather dramatic shift in the EU leaders' attitude towards China. For instance, in 2015, the then uh, British uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer promised a golden decade in bilateral ties. Uh, then French President Francois Hollande also talked about uh, making new progress for the world with China and France. What caused the recent shift? And and uh, was it just all talk? I think uh, the Western countries, especially European countries, uh, have been very much misguided by the United States because the United States really worries about China's economy surpassing that of the United States. And the United States also worries that once China surpasses that of the United States, China will become the next hegemon replacing the United States. This is completely wrong. And uh, the U.S. has been preaching this version to the European countries and using whatever at its disposal to guide or misguide the European perception of China. From the Chinese perspective, China will eventually surpass that of the United States probably before 2030. But whether in the past or at present or in the future, China will never be a hegemon. And China wants to treat all countries, including every country in Europe, as an equal, big or small. Therefore, I think the United States is misguided in itself and is misleading its allies in the Western countries, especially many countries in Europe. Let's read this comment before we go. Why don't the Europeans feel the dependency on U.S. military foreign policy slash natural gas slash Internet? OK, David, you uh, conclude with uh, by answering this question, I guess. 
Let me first try to answer the point that you were about to make, the dangerous game. I think uh, Kissinger said that to be America's enemy is dangerous, to be America's friend is, is fatal. Um, there was another article in the same edition of the paper about China, and it was headlined, China is like a terrorist state. It was an article about the head of the Foreign Affairs Committee, Alicia Kearns, writing to the Foreign Minister, James Cleverly, and among other uh, allegations she made, China is a totalitarian regime openly pursuing global supremacy. And she wrote, the reality is whether we like it or not, we are in a form of warfare with China. These are supposedly intelligent people. They must have heard of the Thucydides trap uh, and they must know what it means. And it seems that instead of doing everything possible to avoid it, they are rushing headlong towards it, uh, cheering and hollering with glee. Are they the um, reason why people in the West are not feeling the U.S. manipulation or, or their dependency yeah. on the United States? Yes, absolutely, Leocene. Following on from the situation and going back to, to what was said earlier uh, about the U.S. now dominating the, the, the discourse. It's I... not that people don't fear or not aware. They're not allowed to. The, the debate is not happening. It's not happening within the body politic. It's not happening with the media. It could very well be that very large numbers of ordinary people are deeply concerned, but there is no longer any way for them to voice that concern, so you simply don't know. Well, that's why we are here. Frank, you want to say something? Yes. Please. If I, if I look at our Chancellor um, Olaf Scholz, I don't see a guy who's misguided by, by America at all. He's trying to find his own position between the United States on one side and China on the other side. So, uh, and I don't see Emmanuel Macron, the French president, uh, as someone who's totally misguided by the United States. As this view is a bit one-sided. And uh, if I see the public opinion in Germany, they are quite critical as well towards America. But right now they fear more China because China is becoming stronger and stronger and they depend on China. And if you want to find agreements, if you want to do politics with uh, Europe and Germany, you need to understand this feeling because otherwise you're going into the wrong direction. We, okay. we, we can say these feelings are overrated or they are too much, but these feelings are there and we need to deal with them. And especially the German and European politicians need to deal with them. All right. Many thanks to Frank Zirin, David Ferguson and uh, Victor Gao joining us from Beijing. And with that, we come to the end of this edition of Headline Buster brought to you by The Point with me, Liu Xin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Liu Xin in Beijing. You've got The Point.